This is The Rooted Podcast, a conversation about the Christian worldview and its implications for every part of life. The Rooted Podcast is hosted by Steve Royce and Brady Johnson. Together, they have over two decades of experience in the business and tech industries and share a desire to help others filter all of life through the Christian faith. Hi, and thanks for listening to The Rooted Podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Brady. And on this episode, we're going to be getting into the most crucial part of our sales process method for evangelism. It's our needs assessment. And uh, because of how massive this topic is, uh, we're anticipating a multiple set of episodes to fully cover everything. So if you want to stick with us, we'll make sure that you get uh, a lot of great content. Yeah. So we have finally arrived at one of our favorite topics in this whole series on sales process evangelism. And we also think it might be one of the most important. And as Brady said, that is the needs assessment. So before we define what that is exactly, uh, I want to ask you, the listener, a question, a couple questions, actually. So here's the first one. If you were to ask a random group of people or a random person to picture someone who is in complete control of a conversation, what are they doing? So you're picturing someone who's completely in control of a conversation. What is it that they're doing? What do you think that most people would say? How would most people answer that question? And what do you think, Brady? How would you answer that question? Uh, I think most people would probably say that they're doing all the talking. Yeah, that that the person in complete control of a conversation is dominating the conversation, right? They're doing all the talking. Right. Probably. So now I want you to answer this question for yourself, everyone. If you ask those same people to picture someone who is an amazing listener and then ask them, so what are they doing? What do you think they would say? What would your answer be, Brady? I think that person is uh, probably letting the other person do most of the talking. Right. Yeah, probably. So what we have here is a complete opposite, right? If you're picturing someone in control of a conversation, most people would probably picture that person just dominating by doing all the talking and a great listener is doing the exact opposite of that. So the question that we have for us tonight is what if there was a way that you could steer a conversation and be a great listener all at the same time. If that's something that interests you, then keep listening because that is exactly what a good needs assessment is all about. Yeah, exactly. And if you do a needs assessment properly, uh, you're only going to be doing about 10% of the talking, but you'll be firmly in the driver's seat for the full conversation. Think about it is the person asking the questions is the one steering the conversation and where it goes. If you were to think about it like a courtroom example, you know, who's in control of the conversation? Is it the attorney or the witness? Oh, definitely the attorney. Yeah. But how much of the talking are they doing? Not much, right? Right. Yeah. But, you know, they're asking if they're good, at least uh, a ton of questions and steering that conversation towards the place that they really want to take it could be a rigid example. But, you know, let's look at something that everybody else is a little more familiar with, like a restaurant, right? You go mm-hmm. in, your waiter comes to the table, they introduce themselves, let them know or let you know that they're serving you. 
and then they take control by asking a couple of questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. what would you like to start off to drink? You know, can I get you some appetizers? So on and so forth. And unless you are the person that's going to, you know, change that pace up a little bit and just shout your order at them, <laughs> you know, they're asking the questions to kind of lead you through their process to get your full order in the way that they think makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not doing much of the talking other than asking the questions or, you know, maybe answering some of yours. So, yeah, that's good. Good examples. So, yeah, in our previous episode, we hinted at this concept, but today we're going to begin to go much, much deeper on it. And I think that we would all say that we want to be uh, great listeners or we want to be known as great listeners. But the, the truth is that we could all, ourselves included, probably improve our skills quite a bit before that would actually be the case. And so what we want to do is help close the gap between what we all want to be and what we actually are. And by the end of our episodes on this topic, I mean, it's our desire and our hope that you will feel like you're well on your way to, to doing that. So to do that, we're going to lay some foundational concepts down in this first episode. And as we said... There, this is going to be a multi-episode topic just because it's so massive. And then we're going to build on what we cover in this episode with some more intermediate and advanced concepts in our next episode. So here's our first one for today, and we're going to give you three concepts in this episode. So here's our first one. It's called open-ended versus closed-ended questions. All right, Steve. So do you know what an open-ended question is? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. And yeah. we'll try again. Steve, what's an open-ended question? An open-ended question is a question that you can't really answer with just a yes or a no, uh, yes or no, or even any, any short response. So a good open-ended question requires a more in-depth answer than just a yes or no. Exactly. And if you just notice the questions I asked Steve were really to compare and contrast because my first question was close-ended, right? Steve answered with a simple yes. He could answer with a no, but it was simple. Uh, there's not a lot of depth to it, but my question didn't, you know, cause him to elaborate any further. But my second question was a little more open-ended because if Steve, if, if he had answered with a yes, uh, he would have looked kind of silly. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have really answered my question. He had to actually answer with a more in-depth response. Yeah, it forced me to answer it with with more than just a yes or no for sure. Right. Yeah, when it comes to really understanding someone and getting to know them a bit deeper, you need to find out what they're really thinking and feeling about something. And it should be obvious that what we want to use is those open-ended questions. Those closed-ended questions uh, don't really get you very deep. No, they, they really don't. And can you imagine if someone was asking you only closed-ended questions? It would feel like an interrogation, right? You're just right. answering a bunch of questions with yes, no, no. Yeah, like you're on a lie detector or something, right? And it might make someone start to feel like they're in trouble or something. And you're just trying to have a conversation. So making them feel that way is definitely not the vibe that we're going for, especially when we're trying to have a spiritual conversation with someone. If we're just trying to figure out where they're at and what they're thinking and what the perspective is, we want it to feel casual and calm and and we want them to be at ease in the conversation. So to give some examples of what this might look like in the context of evangelism, we could ask people a bunch of different open-ended questions. And here are a few examples. You could ask a question like, what do you think about Jesus of Nazareth? You could ask a question like, if you believe in objective right and wrong, that would be that 
what is right and what is wrong morally is not dependent on how people feel about it or what society says that it actually even if everyone thought something was right if it was actually wrong it would still be wrong uh so if if someone happens to hold that perspective that they think right and wrong is objective and we could say well why do you believe that and what's your basis for making that that claim another example of an open question open ended question that we could give in a evangelism context would be something like and this would be assuming that we're right in the middle of a conversation that's already going on but you could say hey you said that the bible contains all kinds of errors and contradictions can you show me a few examples and can you explain to me where you see an error or contradiction in those passages and now again we said in our next episode we're going to get into intermediate and advanced questions and those would definitely be more intermediate and advanced but so we're we're in the deep end just for our examples but what we want you to to think about and i think you that you would probably agree that what those questions all are is really open-ended no matter how someone answers any of them they can't just give you a couple words and and call it good and if they do then we have another concept that we're going to cover in today's episode that's going to help you keep things rolling Right. And, and really the open-ended questions are a perfect segue, right? You're able to probe a little deeper and jump right into the next concept of follow-up and drill down questions, right? Mm -hmm. The concept is basically how you keep that conversational momentum and continue to ask those questions that prompt more insight and deeper thought and, uh, you know, get to know the person's perspective that you're talking to. Yeah, exactly. So, Let's give a quick example. So Brady, earlier you said that using open-ended questions will give us better information. So I'm going to ask you, what do you mean by better? Yeah, by better, I just mean that you're going to get a lot more information than a simple yes or a no, which isn't really that helpful. So you said, yeah, it's going to get you more information. So are you thinking of quantity of information then, or is there any other aspect to it? Yeah, I think, you know, good questions will get you quantity, but you also get the quality of information as well because you're probing deeper and mm -hmm. they'll typically reveal you know, a little more nuance to that person's perspective. Right. Yeah. So, so in that example, I, I tagged onto something that Brady had said earlier and I used it as a way to ask him more about what he meant. And that would be a classic example of a follow-up question. So earlier you said this, can you tell me more about that? Or what did you mean? Or something like that. And they uh, follow-up questions are going to help you get more clarity or detail on something that may or may not have been super clear to you when they said it. But then my next question, specifically the, the part where I said, so is there anything else or anything uh, more there? That's part of what's technically called a drill down question. And if you picture if you picture a drill just a bit diving <laughs> down, like that's kind of the idea, right? So the purpose of a drill down question is just like the name says, is to go deeper down into something that was said and just kind of camp out on, on it for a minute. Right. So mm -hmm. as I already, I already had this quantity versus quality distinction in my mind before I asked Brady, but I asked him the drill down question because I was hoping that he would make the distinction and that's important because if he makes the connection, even though I already have, then he and I are on the same page and I know that we're following the same train of thought. And I mean, I could have just told him that, hey, I think you've missed something here, 
uh, in his first answer. But because I asked him instead of told him, I not only allowed him to do more speaking, I also maintained my lead in the conversation because I'm asking the question and I maintained my role as a listener rather than as a speaker. So I got to the same place that I wanted to be of making that distinction between quantity and quality uh, of about the kind of information that we can get from good open-ended questions. But I got there by letting him make the point. And so I didn't have to give anything up to do it. I just asked questions and then I got to, to sit back and be the listener and kind of direct him to something that I was thinking about. And I wasn't sure, Hey, do you see this too? Kind of a thing. And that's a really, that's a really nuanced point. And I, and we're going to spend more time on that kind of stuff in our next episode. So if, if you're, if you're not quite there with us, or if you want more of that kind of a thing, then next episode, we're going to, we're going to go a little more deeply. So don't worry about it too much for now. But the big takeaway here is that you can, by using follow-ups and drill downs, you can keep a conversation going by just asking more questions about the things that you want to key in on. And that's either because you feel like you don't fully understand what they're saying. Maybe they said some things or used some phrases and you're like, I've, I've never heard that before. So you can ask them about it and you can camp out on it. Or maybe you want to ask a follow-up or a drill down question because they've said something that you want to draw their attention back to because maybe you feel like there's an inherent contradiction in something they've said, or maybe they said something that maybe they don't even haven't even fully thought about. And so you kind of want to just camp on it for a little bit and maybe ask them to think a little more closely about what they just said and how it applies in in certain other areas. So that's, that's one of the ways that you can use these questions to just, and you're still letting them do most of the talking, but you're just camping out on things that are that are important. Yeah, and uh, Steve had recommended a, a great book on the art of asking uh, questions in a spiritual conversation uh, called Tactics uh, by a guy named Greg Kokel. Uh, we'll put a link of that in the show notes in case you want to check it out, uh, but it's an excellent guide if you're looking for more information about this topic. Yeah, Greg Kokel's book is one of the most impactful that I've ever read, and it's just a super practical guide to how to think a little bit more intentionally about the conversation, not just what to say, but why you would want to ask certain questions and what it is you're trying to accomplish. And that'll definitely be part of our next episode, because as we said, it's a little bit more intermediate or advanced concepts for the, for the question asking process. But it's it's so helpful and we can't recommend it highly enough. If you if you haven't read it, grab it. Like I said, we'll put an Amazon link in the show notes for you. Um, but now that we have a little bit more of that key concept to cover, we're going to jump into the paraphrasing section. I think most of us know what that is, right? We've, we've paraphrased in the past, but we probably don't practice it in most of our conversations. The concept is simple enough, you know, just repeating back uh, what you think you heard the other person say, um, saying it back to them using some different words and then checking to make sure that what you think you heard is what they had actually said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Brady said, it's something that I think we all know this concept that paraphrasing and, but we really don't use it that much or at least not as much as we maybe could. It's actually a really great tool to use and it doesn't sound as awkward as maybe we think it would. So there's, and if there's one way to guarantee that you reduce 
miscommunication in a conversation by basically 100%, this is the tool for the job, Mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's because you're making sure that you're, what you're hearing is what they're saying. So let's give an example and I'm going to play a role here, but we'll, we'll take from like a a fairly stock spiritual conversation that I, I know I have heard thrown around on college campuses before or in interviews and things like that. And to keep things in context, we're just going to incorporate the other concepts of open-ended questions and follow-ups into this example as well. So it's not so rigid, but I'm going to role play uh, being, I'm going to be a college student and Brady is going to be, well, us. (laughs) And so I'm going to, I'm going to make a statement and then Brady is just going to kind of run the conversation and we'll just we'll just play out this example so that you can see how this might look or sound in real time and then we'll we'll talk about it. So college student hat on. So I'm not really religious. I'm more focused on being spiritual. Okay. So spiritual, you're you're making a distinction between being religious and being spiritual. So if spiritual isn't religious from your perspective, then what do you mean when you use that term? What do I mean when I say spiritual? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I just mean that I I want to connect with God on my own terms and not through some stuffy, hypocritical church, you know, with all their judging and stuff because they're just so judgy. <laughs> okay. So what does connecting to God uh, on your own terms look like? Uh, well, I I like to take hikes. Uh, I'm an outdoorsy person. I like to enjoy nature. You know, I just connect with the universe and all that when I'm out there and just, it's just really good time. Okay. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that connecting with God to you really means the universe, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And scene. So, uh, <laughs> lots of stuff to unpack here. And again, forgive the, forgive the kind of scripted nature of this, but this really is based on conversations that I've heard before. And, it's not that far from from reality in a lot of ways. Lots to unpack, but as you heard, Brady started by uh, he asked me an open ended question, and because I started by saying my I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. It was also sort of a follow up to something that I said, and he said if if spiritual isn't religious, well then what do you mean by spiritual? He's forcing me to define my terms more clearly, since it's very likely that. Uh, he and I could mean different things by it. And that kind of is a, is an important point just for, as a side note, don't ever assume that the person that you're talking to is using the term exactly the same way that you would use it. So it's really a good idea if, if they don't hold the same worldview as you, or if you're not sure that they do, and they use a term that you, you think it means something they might not necessarily mean it that way. So ask for clarity, just like, just like Brady did in this example. Right. I mean, cause when I asked, you know, those drill down questions, I really got Steve to go into more detail about what it meant to be spiritual versus religious, mm-hmm. you know, l- looking at the connection to God, you know, what does that actually look like? Um, the phrase is wide open and it could mean just about anything. Mm-hmm. So I asked him to narrow it down for me. And once he did, I was able to summarize and paraphrase what he had said. uh, And it was a really important point. And for Steve in this conversation, he's not actually defining God in a personal way. He's equating God to the universe. Now, I know that I'm talking with a person who is using some, some of the same terms as we would as Christians, but he holds a very different worldview than us. 
uh, and because they don't mean any of the same things by using those same terms. Right. Yeah. Like if I'm looking at this person that I was pretending to be like this person would be more in line with like a new age worldview or really most Eastern worldviews more than they would with a Christian one, but they're still using terms like spiritual and connecting with God and, and so on and so forth. So, but, but obviously they don't believe what you believe about that if you're a Christian. So if you didn't ask good questions and if you didn't follow up and if you never paraphrase to make sure that you were tracking with this person, then you might not know any of that, right? Mm-hmm. They might be using some of these terms and you might just be assuming that, well, may, Hey, we believe the same things. No, you don't. You don't believe hardly anything the same. And so why is that important? Well, I mean, obviously, because now you are starting to develop a roadmap for where this conversation needs to go next. And that's down the line. We'll cover that in future episodes. But first, we're going to spend a little more time on the needs assessment. And there's actually plenty more to cover in our next episode. So we hope you'll stick with us. Yeah. And, you know, right. It's just kind of as a recap, you're trying to lead the conversation. Being a good listener is key. And you're going to begin by asking those kind of directed open-ended questions that are going to allow them to do most of the talking. And while you lead them down that for that common ground, right. Mm -hmm. Trying to get on the same page. And you can do that by following up and drilling down uh, with questions to expand further. Once you have more information, you can then paraphrase what you've learned and make sure that you're understanding them correctly. Exactly. And just a couple announcements as we're wrapping up this episode. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast on Google Podcasts or iTunes, please consider doing so. And you'll get immediate notifications when our new episodes drop. And also, if you've been listening for a while, please consider leaving us a rating or a review and telling someone about us to help others like you discover the podcast. Uh, One more thing. If you have a question or a topic that you would like us to cover, we are in the process of collecting those for our first Q&A episode. Once we have enough questions to fill out that time, we will do a dedicated Q&A episode. And it doesn't have to be something directly related to the current content that we're covering. It could be a Bible question. It could be something apologetics related. It could even just be a question that you have on your mind. So if that's you, please email us at podcast at rooted.productions. That's podcast at rooted.productions. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on the Rooted Podcast, a creation of Rooted Productions and an affiliate of the Oasis Church in Gilbert, Arizona. For more information about the podcast or to submit a question or comment, please visit us at rooted.productions. Follow us on Instagram at rooted.productions or email podcast at rooted.productions. That's rooted.productions. We hope you'll join us next time.